For those of you who are regulars, you'll know that we're uh, in a series uh, looking uh, through the book of Colossians, a uh, letter written by Paul to the church in Colossae uh, that we've entitled, Jesus Changes Everything, Full Stop. Now, at this point, it is going to feel a little bit of a, a gear change, but I think it's still an important gear change. Uh, as we get to look at this next part of the passage in Colossians, is I believe what we're going to look at today is a part that is it's so important for us to be reminded of, or maybe to hear for the first time, as we kind of move from this place here at the Mac to our new home. Because what we're going to look at is an aspect of what it means to follow Jesus that, that actually is going to shape who we are as individuals and who we are as a community. And we're going to discover something of how we get to approach God uh, matters. And therefore, in our approach to God, it's going to matter because it's also going to impact how we then are shaped as a community of how we cause others then to approach God. Uh, But before we get there, I just want to tell you a quick story. Just I don't know if you've ever been to an amusement park in this uh, country, but I've been to a few Uh, particularly as we've got kids, we've been to more and more. Uh, And I remember the first time we went to a very kid-friendly amusement park. Uh, I'm not going to name it for legal reasons. Um, And we went to this amusement park, and it was uh, one that we'd been building with anticipation and excitement about as a family. And we'd actually saved up a load of vouchers through a a big supermarket brand that um, enabled us to therefore pretty much go to this amusement park for free. We saved up our vouchers, traded them in for the entrance tickets, and then we arrived at the entrance to this amusement park, made our way in, parked our car, got to the booths, and suddenly everything changed, not for the better. Because suddenly we realized that though we had tickets for entrance, actually there was a grading system to do with your entrance. And we suddenly realized that actually there was this elite entrance. Everyone came in the same way and parked their car, but there was an elite entrance, whereas if you paid more than everyone else, you got to skip every queue, not only at the entrance gate, but throughout the whole of the park for the whole of the day. And so those people kind of waltzed through, potentially moonwalking, right back, through in to the entrance area, straight past everyone, straight in. There was then a few other kiosks, and they were the kiosks for people who were paying on the day. Short queues, everyone piling in. Then there was this one kiosk for, I guess, the people who they deemed were a given going to be there and would be okay to wait to get in. It was people who had the vouchers. People who'd saved up through vouchers and got their way in from the big supermarket. And they had... A big line. And the line was 45 minutes long. I remember as we're queuing thinking, this doesn't feel fair. It feels like we're all wanting to get to the same place, but there's a different gradient in entrance. And finally, as we got there, and the kids at this point are just busting, you know, blowing everything. It's like, come on, we want to get in, we want to get in. We suddenly get told, oh yeah, it's great you're here. Have you paid for your parking? Have I paid for my parking, I said. Yes, have you paid? I've paid for the ticket, kind of. And they said, oh no, you've got to pay another £10 for the parking. So, but where else am I going to park my car? Well, that's the whole point. 
you can't park anywhere else. Ten pounds, please. I remember paying another ten pounds to get in. And as I went in, it took me, because of how I'm wired, about an hour to get over that fact. How it seemed as though we all get to enter in the same way, but ultimately it wasn't true. And if I'm brutally honest, there were many moments through the day where I was queuing up with my smallest one at that point, who was three or four, for the Caterpillar roller coaster. It's still there. I'm doing my best to forgive. <laughs> Caterpillar roller coaster. And as we stood there, this couple in their 30s arrive. What do they need to do to go on a Caterpillar roller coaster that's under five? Show their special pass, skip the 45-minute queue, and get on and run and roll on the Caterpillar roller coaster. And as I stood there with utter judgment, thinking, God, I really need your help. And the thing is, if we're not careful, we can fall into a trap of thinking that actually, to get to know God, there's different entrance points with different gradients. And the, the speed at which you get to him is impacted by what you've paid to get there. And what we're going to see today is actually there isn't different gradient points. There's one. There's a level crossing for every single one of us. And what I want to see today is in this passage, and we haven't got lots of time, so I'm going to speed through, is that this level crossing that there is to know God is to shape who we are as individuals, but also is to shape who we are collectively together as a community. So with all that in mind, I want us to look at Colossians 1, and we're literally going to look at a couple of verses, 21 to 23. I have to stand over here to read it. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. See, what I want us to see in this is there is a level crossing that Paul wants us to get hold of, wants the church of Colossae to get hold of. And how he does that is he first reminds them of, reminds them of who they were. Then he says, this is who you are. And then he says, this is how you're therefore to live. So starting off with who they were, Colossians 1.21, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, every single one of us in this room, before we came to center our life on Jesus, or maybe we're here this morning saying, well, I've never centered my life on Jesus. I'm trying to work this out. Actually, the Bible is clear that we are now those that are separated from God. And every one of us, before we centered our life on Jesus, was in that position. Now, at that point, you can think, well, was I really an enemy? Was I really alienated from God? Well, let me help by illustrating, by grabbing a laddie. See, if I grab this ladder and suddenly allow us to see this. Mike did this phenomenal preach last week, one that I would encourage you to go online and listen to again if you heard it last week, because it will do you good. If you didn't hear it, go and listen to it, because it will do you good. In it, he paints this picture of who God is, paints this picture of who God is, because we get to see who God is through Jesus. And in it, he kind of built to this crescendo and says, in Jesus, we see who God fully is. One who's fully loving, fully just, fully righteous, fully majestic, fully powerful, fully holy, fully whole, fully 
kind and merciful, fully good. She says, that's who God is. God is holy, 100% fully, all of those things. And what we discover is that God is all of those things. And if we take the ladder, God is that at the top, perfect in every way. And then we say, well, where do we then relate to God? Because if we want to relate to God, we want to get to where he is, which is where we get the ladder. And suddenly we discover that actually, if I seek to kind of be nice to people, and I don't know, I then go to an amusement park and I think, hooray, it's amazing we all get to go in different ways. And hey, you've got to pay loads of money so you can get to everything speedy. Hooray for you. Suddenly I get to climb on the ladder a little bit and think, oh, I'm all right, I am. God, I'm getting up to you. And I start to make my way up and I think I'm quite a nice person, actually. I do quite good things. Now, some of you are already afraid because I know that my history with ladders isn't very good. <laughs> but this one's very small. Even I cannot injure myself on this ladder. And we find ourselves trying to make our way up to where God is. But the reality is this, that however many good, right, just, loving, peace-giving things, wise things that we do, ultimately we also know that we do stuff that isn't those things. C.S. Lewis said this, he said, if I was to allow you in to just one of my darkest thoughts, you would consider me a monster of depravity. What C.S. Lewis says true for him is true for me. If I was to allow you into some of the thoughts that I've had, I would never show my face here ever again. And the thing is, because I've had that thought, let alone the stuff I've done, to be honest, I've done a load of other stuff that would show you that actually I don't deserve even to be on the ladder. Is It causes this God who's at the top, who is whole in every way, to be unable to relate to me unable to relate to you, because actually if he's a whole in all of those things, to actually relate to one, to be calling one who isn't whole in all of those ways up to where he is, suddenly it causes him not to be those things. Therefore, he can have nothing to do with us. We are left alienated from him. But Paul says that's who we were. He then says this is who we are. Colossians 1.22, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. You see, God didn't want to leave us with a ladder where we look on up saying, how can I make my way to you? I can't get there. But God in his love always longed for us to be in relationship with him. So he removes the ladder and sends his son Jesus to come and make a way through his cross, that actually suddenly anyone through putting their life's trust in who Jesus is in his life, death, and resurrection can find reconciliation with God, can be made right with God. That Jesus invites everyone and says, hey, because of what I've done in the cross, it doesn't matter about what you've done. It doesn't matter about how you live. I declare that you're holy. I declare that you're one who is without blemish, free from accusation. That's who you are. Once you put your trust in me, and now you can come across my way. Find your way to God. Now, some of you are thinking, but God was at the top. Okay, we'll go that way. We find our way to God. Not because of anything we've done, but because of everything that Jesus did. Removed the ladder. Not so... 
If we live a certain way, we will be blameless, accusation-free. Not so it could be true one day. Not compared to so-and-so that if I line up Hitler and some other despicable human being and say, oh, well, compared to them, I'm as close to God as you could possibly get. No, it's so we don't have to live that way. So we get rid of ladders and get to understand it's all because of Jesus' death on a cross. We are now declared pure, righteous, blemish-free, accusation-free because of Jesus' death. Never ever to be undone. Which then means we get to live differently. So Paul writes this, Colossians 1.23, how we live. If you continue in your faith. Now, that if actually would be better translated as since. And we'll come on to that in a moment. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. You see, what happens is, having Jesus removed the ladder through his cross, that this is the way now to know God. Actually, we get to then live in light of that. See, we could hear that and say, oh, if. <laughs> I knew that would be the case. If. Oh, yeah, Jesus, you died on the cross. I've been asked down to me. Now it's down to me. If. So we put the ladder back up. That makes a mockery of what Paul had just written. Paul said the only way that this could be dealt with was through the death of God himself in the personhood of Jesus. And that through that death, every single one of us, through putting our faith and trust in him, in his death, through his resurrection, get to receive the fact that now we are blemish-free, accusation-free, able to relate with God forever. Knowing the fullness of the life that he offers is this fully God, one who is fully loving, just, righteous, wise, good, whole. Because of anything of us, because of everything of Jesus. Which then shapes how we then live. How we live individually and how we live as a family together. See, it shapes how we live individually as I think so often... We don't hear those words that this is finished because of the cross. I think we so often pick up the ladder daily and say, how am I going to do today? And we have days where we think, I'm soaring, I'm flying. <laughs> and other days where we think, I'm falling, I'm sinking. I don't know why I did that. It, was just, it just felt like a high school musical moment. Um, I don't know. Um, there's, and we kind of put the ladder back, even though we know the ladder was never something we could ever live with. But we put it there, saying, well, maybe if I do this, God will be okay with me. Maybe I'm meant to earn this now. And God's there saying, but you can never earn it. You were never good enough. Maybe some of us are thinking, this is dangerous. This is dangerous because, Adrian, if we really get hold of this, doesn't that mean that, therefore, it doesn't matter how we live? Doesn't it mean that we could just go and do anything we wanted? And Jesus, because of his death and our trust in him, would still say, hey, God's going to see you because of me as blameless, as accusation-free. 
Yes. Yeah, it means that. And that is the most outrageous claim of the gospel. That is what grace is about. And when we start to get offended by it, suddenly we realize why the gospel of Jesus, as Paul writes to the Corinthians, is like the sweetest scent to those that are being saved, but to those who think this is just too good to be true, it feels like the scent of decay. It seems so horrible. I don't want anything to do with it. That's what we have to get to. Because actually when you fully realize that the ladder is dismantled, It's all about Jesus' death on the cross. It never leads to a life of saying, well, who cares how I live? It rather leads to a life where you start off every day saying, I am blameless in your sight, God. I'm one now who is accusation-free before you. Therefore, God, I want to live in the good of the life that you have for me. I want to live continuously in the reality of what it meant for me to get this life. Because I promise you, the more and more we realize of how much we need Jesus and how much we needed him to die on a cross for us, the more and more we realize we don't want to make a mockery of it. The more and more I'm marveled and overwhelmed by the love of God through Jesus' sacrifice on a cross, the more and more it causes me to say, I want anything to do that falls short of who you are, God. Not out of duty, not out of earning something, but out of recognition, out of gratitude, out of deep thanks to God, of saying, God, now I have this. I want to cause my life to continuously reveal just the wonder of who you are. I want to die more and more to my selfish tendencies and cause your generosity to echo throughout my whole being. So it shapes who we are as individuals. I just say for some of us, you're thinking, yeah, but you don't know what I did last night, Adrian. I don't. Jesus does. And that's why he died. So that you could know today forgiveness. So you could know today that you get to live blame free. In order that you can then start afresh to live in light of the wonder of what he's done for you, what he's done for me. But it isn't to just shape us individually. It's to shape who we are as a community. And this is so important as we move to our own home. You see, in our new home, there's never going to be a ladder. There's never going to be a ladder where someone new who comes around us gets measured up to it and says, hey, where do you fit compared to who God is? There's never going to be a ladder where we draw it up to other people who are part of the community and say, I know you're saying you're following Jesus, yeah, but I just think about your life and how you're living. Ladder has no place with us. It is my personal ladder, so I'm okay to chuck it around, just in case some of you are concerned. That's why I fall off ladders. Um, This is such an important point that I want us to get hold of as a community. We are a community, a family, that is founded on grace. And therefore, as a family, what we will always permeate to anyone who steps into our doors is grace. That we are far better off than we should ever be. And that regardless of what their life looks like, what we want them to encounter isn't a ladder, but a level crossing. That causes them to know that whatever baggage they come with, they can still get to Jesus. 
And when they get to him through his death, they can know that they're blameless, free from accusation, just as you and I have. And for those who are around us, those who we sit next to each week, rather than us being those who measure ourselves up to one another, we rather say, hey, let's live free from ladders. Let's live shaped by the level crossing. And encourage one another, rather than pointing out faults, saying, how are you living from this place? How are you living shaped by the level crossing that because of Jesus' cross, you're holy and blameless in God's sight, free from accusation? And I promise you, as we live more in that way of spurring one another on, of being shaped by the level crossing, we will change. I've been around communities and families I've been part of which live with ladders. And all it did is it caused conformity. It never changed hearts. And the conformity ultimately meant that things got hidden and life change never happened. That's not what we're about. Today is a declaration of saying we, we're never going to hide who we are. We've heard it through stories that have been shared. We're going to hear it through lives that are shared in weeks, months to come. The kind of community we are, the kind of family we are, we're a family of grace. Never going to change. Because we know we were never good enough. And it's only him who declared that we are. Are we those? Or... This is the question, isn't it? I was going to say, are we? How can you and I live shaped more by the level crossing? That's a pretty big question. And the invitation is today, as we leave the Mac, we're going to go and literally form home together. It's not bricks and mortar. It's what we do in it. And my plea is let's form a home that is founded on a level crossing. And let's look forward to the many, many people we're going to welcome in who are going to cross over his cross to know that they're now holy and blameless. And let's be those who look towards one another and say, I'm not going to judge you by ladders. I'm going to push you forward shaped by a level crossing. Is that right? I think we're done. Can I pray for us? All right. Just close your eyes where you are. Let's not be scared of the silence for a moment. I genuinely believe God is at work in hearts now. For some of us, we just know we've been living with a ladder. And God wants to remove it today. It was never his heart for you. You're never to live with that. For some of us, we just know that, if we're honest, we've been living with that ladder mentality towards others. We just need to say, I'm sorry, God. It was never good enough for me. How is it ever going to be good enough for anyone else? For someone here, 
I felt this yesterday. I feel like for someone here, is actually you realize that it, today, for the first time, it's that easy. It's that easy to know God, to know the life that he has to offer you by simply just saying, I can't do it. Jesus, you did. I receive it. And for you, I don't want a public thing, because this isn't to do with my sense of I'm okay. This is to do with you and God. And what I'd love you to do is just come and talk to me at the end, if that's you. So I'd love to just talk a little bit longer. Just where you're sat, just if you feel like yeah, this is, I need more of this to shape my life. Or Jesus, I'm, I don't want to live free from the ladder. I just want you to just where you are, just, just put your hands out and say, Jesus, this is it. I'm just going to pray for us. Jesus, I thank you for the way you shepherd us as a community, the way you shepherd us as a family. I thank you, Father, that you are the plumb line of everything we are. And I thank you that the foundation of everything is your grace, your unconditional love revealed through Jesus' life, death, resurrection, that promises we could never do it, but you could. And Jesus, we want to be a community, a family that is continuously shaped by the wonder of the level crossing. That we want to be those that cause many to come amongst us and find how easy it is to know you and have their lives changed forever. And Jesus, we want to be a bunch of people that continuously push one another to get rid of ladders and to live continuously with a level crossing. We ask this for your fame, Jesus. Amen.